0: On this channel, we aim to decipher what is real and what is not, what constitutes a conspiracy, and what claims can be otherwise explained, whether it be government cover-ups, alien abductions, or simply historical facts that have an underlying meaning or alternative explanation. It is generally witness testimonies that spark our interest, as the internet has evolved and technologies have advanced well beyond our expectations. Video footage, photographs, and tales of the unknown have circulated at an enormous rate Depending on your experience, it is sometimes easy to separate the unexplainable from the unrealistic, fact from fiction. In this video we will investigate the strange tale that took place on a warm summer night at a rural farmyard in 1955, and the family who became so haunted by what they experienced that they had to leave their livelihoods behind. What did the Sutton family see and experience on that night? Would anyone believe them? What would become of those haunted souls, and what explanations are there for what they endured? No internet, no phones, just a terrified family, trying to make sense of the fear and turmoil. Had something they couldn't explain. It's story time everyone, so settle in and get comfortable, as we begin this edition of Destination Declassified. We've all heard the phrase, the little green men, when discussing UFOs, aliens, and our place in the cosmos. Normally, this descriptive term is discussed or portrayed in jest, and never taken too seriously. However, in the case of the Sutton family and their helper friend, Billy Ray Taylor, the shape, form, and terrifying creatures we laugh and joke about, were unfortunately all too real for the residents of that isolated farm in Kentucky. Let's go back in time to August 21st, 1955, our tale begins on that long, hot summer evening as the sun was beginning to set over the lands of Kelly, the small, unincorporated community in the Christian county of Kentucky. One of the rural farms to reside in this small area belonged to Alma Sutton, or Lucky, as the locals used to call him. Together, he lived a quiet, simple existence with his family. Glennie Langford, who was a widow, her two older sons and their wives, a brother-in-law and the widow's three young children, who were aged 7, 10, and 12. Alma was considered a hard worker who, like most country folk at the time, tended to his family and farmland without complaint and enjoyed the simple comforts in the unpainted three-roomed house they were dwelled. Despite having no clean running water and being a bare household without a radio or telephone, the Suttons were completely cut off from the outside regions of Kelly, where they would be all alone as the encounter unfolded. Billy Ray Taylor, a 22-year-old farmhand, would regularly visit the Suttons with his wife from their home in Pennsylvania, especially in the summer months to help Alma and his family with the farm and assist with other issues on the land. The pair had become good friends after meeting and working together on a travelling carnival and trusted each other's judgement and work ethic. After a long shift in the stifling heat, the men decided to settle in the living room for some well-earned rest. The oppressive, dank conditions had pushed them to the limit physically, and so Billy Ray decided to head outside to gather a large pail of fresh water from the well just outside and near the porch of the house. The clock struck seven o'clock, when suddenly, out of nowhere, a large silver-coloured object came into view, approximately two hundred yards from the family home, startling Billy Ray. As he stood, mesmerised by this vision, the craft moved slowly and silently towards the house hovered over it for a few seconds, before finally dropping to the ground with ease. Unable to comprehend what had happened at the time, it would later be recounted by Billy Ray that the craft was real bright, with an exhaust and all the colours of the rainbow. Rushing back into the house, Billy Ray tried to explain in as much detail as he could about what had just landed outside. Alma and the others simply laughed off his claims and told him to rest up. It wouldn't take long before things turned from farcical to frightening. Around half an hour after the sudden shrugged off the claims that a large spaceship had landed in their field, the family dog began to howl, wail, and bark uncontrollably outside. Worried about the hound's antics and being out of character, Billy Ray and Alma decided to rush outside to check on him. As they approached the door, the men would become frozen with fear, as before them, and in the midst of a strange glowing vapor, stood various creatures staring right towards them. According to the later written account by Alma and Billy Ray, these alien critters were approximately three to four feet in height, and having oversized heads, almost perfectly round, its arms extended almost to the ground, its hands had talons, and its oversized eyes glowed with a yellowish light. Not only that, but as the monsters made their approach, walking slowly but with intent, it was evident that their small, misshapen bodies were emitting a shimmer of mystic light, as if made of silver metal. As the dwarf-like goblins continued to advance towards the house, it was time to think and act fast. Being simple men with simple values, the first thought was to protect their family, as well as their land, so Billy Ray sprinted towards the gun rack along with his dear friend, as the men prepared to take aim upon the entities, which were almost upon them. Feeling less exposed and ready to fire upon the trespassers, a 20-gauge shotgun, and a twenty-two rifle stared back at the first of the many creatures who were attempting to enter the back door of the house. Both men fired, but to their surprise and horror, they watched as the thing was able to do an acrobatic flip, avoiding the bullets at close range and disappearing upwards into the pending darkness. Staring at each other, the farmhands couldn't believe what they had just witnessed, but immediately had to be on their guard as a second intruder was seen peering through the side window of the house, the men bolted towards it and shot in the direction of the fast-moving fiend as it shifted towards a maple tree in the garden. Any confidence these strong, capable men had was rapidly diminishing as again the alien was able to sideshift and spring away unharmed. It wasn't just the men that saw the attackers attempting their siege. Mrs. Lankford recounted to a journalist that when she huddled next to Billy Ray, she saw one staring directly at her According to her description, it looked like a five-gallon gasoline can with a head on top and small legs. It was a shimmering bright metal like on my refrigerator. The alien, like the others, disappeared at rapid speed before they could take aim and fire. The final encounter came when Billy Ray was able to successfully hit his target. Ushering out of the living quarters onto the porch, which was covered with an overhanging roof, he would feel a gentle touch upon his head before whirling around and shooting the alien in the chest. However, his joy was short-lived as it apparently slowly floated towards the ground and sprinted back to the wooden area of the farm, seemingly unharmed. Sensing that their stand against these aliens was no good and would most likely end up with their own demise, Billy Ray, Alma, and his family retreated into the limited safety of the house. And so for the next few hours, the Sutton family, along with their good friend, remained in that house, terrified, confused, and trying to formulate a plan as the entities outside surrounded the residents. As nighttime completely enveloped the farm, Alma consulted with his family that an escape route was possible. And so, with extreme bravery and determination, they made their last stand against the ever-threatening aliens. One by one, the Suttons burst through the doors and sprinted towards the cars, which were parked out front and piled in as quickly as they could. As the clock struck 11pm, they started their engines and sped off into the night, leaving in their wake. Multiple entities who simply watched them disappear towards safety. Arriving at Hopkinsville Police Station sometime later, all ten members of the Sutton family, along with Billy Ray Taylor, attempted to recall and explain what had just happened to them. Police Sheriff Russell Greenwell immediately took action after listening to their horrific tale, later stating to journalists, that these aren't the kinds of people who normally run to the police for help. What they do is reach for their guns. Noticing, however, that the young children were in a deep state of trauma, he would make sure that all necessary checks were made at the house and followed Elmer back to the scene of the incident, complete with backup units. When they arrived, there was nothing. After searching high and low around the farm, inside the house and surrounding area, came the unwanted verdict that there was no evidence whatsoever of an attack on the house nor any three-foot creatures in the area. All that was found was the shell casings and damaged cores from the gunshots fired by Alma and Billy Ray's guns, nothing else. When Chief Greenwell and his team completed their search, they attempted to no avail to calm and reassure the Suttons that the whole thing was a misunderstanding and returned to base. As the early morning hours commenced, and much to the family's dread, came the scratchings on the walls and return of the aliens. Mrs. Langford reported seeing one of the creatures, perhaps the same one from earlier, watching her at the bedside window and repeatedly emitting a bright glow. The eerie sensation of doom and constant torment lasted for another three hours before finally the entities moved away from the house and simply disappeared. Another search by the Hopkinsville Police Department during the daylight hours and accompanied with a military unit for support. It would result in nothing significant being found yet again and word began to spread. As the days and weeks followed, numerous radio stations, journalists, and newspapers, including the New York Times, began to visit the scene to report, discuss, and debate what had apparently happened. Unfortunately for the Sutton family and their loyal friend, their lives would be under the spotlight, and despite being hardworking and conformists their whole lives, they were criticized, teased, and often harassed by locals. Feeling even more isolated than ever, they attempted to section themselves off completely by erecting no trespassing signs, which sadly did little to prevent those willing to tread the grounds they worked so hard to preserve. As the pressure increased on Alma Sutton and his family, they tried to deter those from entering the land by attempting to charge an admission fee, 50 cents for entering, $1 for information, and $10 for taking pictures. This final attempt at deflecting attention from nosy neighbors and skeptics only fueled the fire that resulted in even more harassment, and the family being accused of trying to capitalise on a fake story, even though this couldn't be further from the truth in their own eyes. In the end, the Suddens would eventually move out of the family home, and flee the Kelly community for good, adamant that their night of terror was real, but in the knowledge that things would never be the same for them again. And so, this is where our story ends. Or does it? Since the remarkable story of the Suttons broke the headlines and became a worldwide sensation, people from all over the world have continued to visit the farm where it all seemed to happen and generated the little green men phenomenon. It has also captivated conspiracy theorists and skeptics alike as the ongoing argument over what is real and what is myth in relation to aliens, UFOs, and other alternative life forms. Numerous theories as to what occurred on August 21, 1955 have arisen over the years and as more evidence comes to light through technology, reliable eyewitness testimonies and government disclosures, the sudden story always seems to fascinate. Could it be that they were actually telling the truth and that their property was attacked and themselves terrorized by unknown beings who came from the sky via a spaceship? For starters, it was known at the time that a local radio channel interviewed the adult members of the household and was seriously impressed by their in-depth description and drawings of the creatures that they claimed to have attacked them the drawings clearly corresponded with each other and were full of intricate details, which they would have been able to see and recount easily due to the all-night onslaught. Even though it was generally denied by the official members of the team, the incident is said to have attracted the attention of the Air Force UFO investigation program, Project Blue Book. Interest also came in the form of ufologist and astronomer, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who incidentally was Project Blue Book's civilian investigator who put together a 200-page report on the account, but did not produce groundbreaking evidence. The local neighbours also claimed to hear a commotion and the gunshots at the time the family claimed to have fired upon their assailants. Despite there being little evidence and much scepticism, one of the police officers in the local area did claim to witness a UFO earlier that day that he couldn't explain. Even though the Suttons were adamant that they did not purposefully attempt to glorify, financially gain, or mislead any of the Kelly residents, it's worth looking at alternative theories as to what could have happened. The UFO that was seen by the on-duty police officer and by the Suttons themselves could very well have been a small meteor, which was recorded in the vicinity that day, according to paranormal investigator Joe Nickel. Though Glennie Langford was considered by many to be a reliable witness with a no-nonsense attitude, the same wasn't said about their young friend Billy Ray. After making the claim that he shot one of the aliens near the maple tree, and though a bullet hole was found to have entered it, the lack of any physical traces such as blood, skin, or other fluids, either on the tree or within its proximity, led many to question his story. Another possible connection and theory could be to do with the wildlife in the region, Joe Nicol proposed in 2006 that the creatures that were seen by the Suttons were not aliens from another world, but in fact a flock of great horned owls, often associated with aliens in folklore and films such as The Fourth Kind. This specific species of owl have long wings that could easily have been mistaken for the slender arms described by the shaken family. The great horned owl also has strong talons on its feet as well as large bright yellow eyes. Could it be that they were actually looking at a distinguishable long-eared, round-headed owl, as opposed to other worldly spacemen? The floating movements from the rooftop, curious nature at nighttime, and scratching talons on the surface of the house would certainly point towards this prospect. During the day, these owls are described as being very protective of their nests and young. They can also be considered hostile, which could explain the threatening behavior and mass advancements towards the family early in the evening. Despite what one may believe or conclude from this story, whether it be owls, aliens, or something else, it has to be recognized that the incident that occurred on the 21st of August, 1955, scared the Sutton family so much that it forced them to leave Kelly for good. Fear can do things to people. It can make them see things for what they are, as one is faced with the fight or flight decision. In contrast, it can also cloud one's judgment and generate terror that can mystify and bewilder the brain. With no evidence, photographs, or grainy footage to dissect, perhaps the scariest thing of all is knowing that the Sutton family and their lifelong friend spent the rest of their lives haunted by a story that no one believed happened to them. The question is, do you?